moving forward. my Kako and welcome to the show it's rabbit holes with your host Kavika Hogue right here on KAKU 88.5 FM the voice of Maui here at you with the radio revolution and back in the studio today I've got Sam Peralta how's it Sam the voice I love that <laughs> I'm doing so good I'm charged up I was in the sun all day fired up Good, good. Yeah, I don't get enough sun lately. I, I'm trapped here inside of this booth. I only live in here, you know, folks. That's it. I, I mean, I, I only come out of my cage long enough to be on your screens and on your radios. So uh, I'm, I'm lacking uh, necessary colors. So thank you for uh, getting all the sunshine for both of us. I don't know how you get the charge. You're such a bright dude. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe I've learned through evolution to suck it through LED now. <laughs> our bodies are evolving yeah, exactly maybe you're They're... a different type of crystal than i am <laughs> yes <laughs> some of us just have to find new ways you know kind of like how like uh redheads evolved from like you know how you take vitamin d out mm -hmm. of the air you know so maybe maybe that's what it, it's just you know i guess i'm in the right place i'm ready to evolve <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right on, brother. Well, we got a couple announcements first before we get moving into the discussion. Hey, would you like a job? Would you like a good paying job, maybe with benefits and everything? Well, the County of Maui is hiring. Visit their website at governmentjobs.com slash careers slash Maui for career opportunities. There's a lot on there. Uh, I'd highly suggest following their Facebook page. It's got uh, regular postings. There was like so many. Like I would list them right now, but it was literally just meme after meme of like 20 jobs here and there. So like I was saying, you know, in last week's episode, you know, a lot of unattended positions in our local government structure. So uh, we got the budget. So, you know, if you've got the time and you like to change your life and your career, now's the time to get a job with the County of Maui. Also coming up, race season is back. Um, I don't get enough time to check it, but like, I think I might actually make some time this year. April 22nd, gates open at 1.30 p.m. General admission, $12. Students, 9 through 17, $10. Children, 8 and under free. Qualifying around 4 p.m. Registration at 2. We'll close at the end of the first round of qualifying. Burnout showdown held during race intermission for the first five entries. Eliminations to start after burnout showdown. All right, we got uh, <clears throat> multiple classes available to compete in. No pre-race test and pre-race test in tune. Cash only event. Park gates close at 8 p.m. No admittance or re-entry once gates close. Get there before 8 p.m. or you won't get in. Uh, have you ever gone to the race park? No, but I'm pretty fast. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's pretty fun. I mean, it's it's a small area, but it's like nice and out of the way. Um, it's kind of, you know, it, it made me want to make a race movie out here on Maui. So I think one day, one day we will. But my um, wife's brothers, they used to race. They had the dune buggies with the, the mud and all that. I, I know that. And my right. cousins on Kauai used to race. So right I'm really a big fan, but I wish I had the, the, the technical skills and know-how to do that. It's, well, you know, maybe, maybe we can figure it out now that it's back. Maybe, maybe that makes for a, for a fun, like, uh you know, on the road segment, 
We can take you as a special guest and we can figure out like. And film this on the road. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll love take the rabbit holes on the road. Love the drag races, man. Love the drag races. Yeah, love the drag races. All right, well, uh, announcements aside, let's, let's get to talking what the world's going on. Um, so I've been talking a lot about AI. Uh, Sam, what do you know about AI? Well, we know that, I, but from what I know, they're computers, or they're a bunch of computers put together, and they're processing, they're programming, and they're also gathering information of everything that's possibly going on in the digital world. Yeah. Are there any AI tools you've been using yet? Oh, yeah, definitely the paint. You know, you could just type in the things that you want. Oh, yeah, prompting. Images. Yeah. And then they, the AI puts them together and appears your image in a way you never thought of, but it was really cool. Right on. Well, uh, from what I've been reading recently, uh, Adobe will be uh, putting prompting software into Premiere Pro. So meaning that now it'll take your like you you shot a video, but you don't know how to like sit down for like the six hours that just makes you want to pull out your hair to like figure out how to like key edit anything with it. Apparently, uh, starting in May with the beta test, you'll be able to prompt your video editing in Adobe. I mean, I wonder how video editors feel about that, like the really real ones that yes, take their time uh, and energy, you know, uh, learning the discipline. Knowing uh, quite a few in the business, uh, guys who started back in the film chopping days and the guys who still work in the video editing days. And I mean, there's even a media lab above our heads here at Akaku where people still edit the video themselves. But, uh, you know, from what Adobe's stating is it's clearly going to have the end ability to do nearly all of it for you through prompting from down to like figuring out like the best cuts of your scene. So like you do five takes and then Adobe just goes, no, 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 no. Take two was the one. Just tell me. I wonder if it does the fade in fade out for you as well. Well, I mean, I, I think at that point with, with how much it, like AI takes commands now, I mean, you can build a whole website. You can literally just tell chat GPT to go, I want a WordPress website. Can you do CSS for me? Let's build something in Python just for funsies. I mean, remember when you had to read like 20 books on Python and you still didn't get it? And then now you can just go make me app in Python. Pew, pew. Done. Yeah, that's what I thought the cliff notes were. And it reminded me of just a few months back, there's the artificial intelligence, write me a paragraph and then write me a story and write me an essay. And I think people were worried that in school, people would cheat and get their essays done by artificial intelligence. And I don't know, that's just wild to me. I, I, I think that there's probably quite a few classes out there where kids who were once getting C's are now getting A pluses because they'll just like, they'll take... They'll take ChatGPT because, like, as far as I know, the best hack for it is make your prompt in ChatGPT, wash that into Grammarly, and then upgrade it with your own colloquialisms. And there's, I mean, I'm not telling you how to write golden your ticket, high schoolers, golden ticket. Watch out, <laughs> teachers. I think there's going to be a class on how to spot pre AI writings. Yes, yes. You know, well, and so that's the thing is like, I mean, I had those weird, stupid human pet tricks growing up in in film. So like, I could look at like film and notice like what what speed the film was, or if it was digital, or if it was. Yeah, I think the same thing applies now, especially to like. Uh, AI generated images like you can still see where like an eye blends into something wrong or like you know like the the Balenciaga Pope oh. uh, AI image that like came reboot out. that you ever watched reboot yes 
Yes, yes. The old. Oh my god. I. I mean, I. I saw that they rebooted reboot, but I didn't. I didn't bother with that. But no, I mean exactly like that. You're a copy of a copy, and it just it's janky, and it's it's not exactly perfect. Um, I, I did spend some time on on Wombo Dream because that was probably the easiest one on phone. But you got to sit through like tons of ads if you're if you're on the free version. Um, but I mean, there there's just so many things you can do now with it. And going back to your point of like, you know, how does this make artists feel? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I've been asking this question a lot. I mean, do you do you consider yourself an artist in any field particularly? Um, I like cooking. Yeah, cooking is an art I've heard. So, so if we were to translate that to the, the, to the discussion of AI, like if AI could replace cooking, how would you oh feel gosh. as a cook? I, I just saw this fully automated AI McDonald's. Yes. I am both for and against this. I am both this. for and against this. Yes. Because like one, I believe that slave class jobs should eventually disappear. Yes. Like we should we're stop. We're smarter than this. Yes. We're like, we should stop making hamburger flippers and start making hamburger flipper robotic mechanics. Exactly. We you need know? the next generation to use their brain. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, we have, we have a, a workforce and employment issue in this country. But and then at the same time, like we want the cost of food to go down. So it's like. Does new robot robots like drive the cost of food up? Well, I think your question to me would be great if we asked a McDonald's worker what do you think by being replaced with a robot? Yeah, I wonder how they would feel. Well, I mean, and then what? I mean, they don't necessarily get replaced because there's got to be somebody that's got to watch it. You know, you'd still be a manager. How weird would it be? To be a manager of a McDonald's and you're the only living being there. You're the Mick manager. The Mick manager of the Mick robots. Wow. That's yeah. that's next level like Jet Jetsons. The Jetsons. Yes, it is. It's like it's totally the Jetsons. I'm sorry, NX0001, but your efficiency rating is 0.3% off. I'm going to have to let you go. I just got more excited about AI than I thought I would <laughs> just now. The joy of firing a robot. Oh, my God. What will I do? Jack in a box will never hire me. We'll have all these robots that are unemployed. And <laughs> we'll... oh, but that, oh, that kind of goes back to the Mandalorian. Did, did you get yeah, this recent season of The Mandalorian? Oh, my God. So there's, there's this... Uh, there's this society that they end up passing through that uh, it's, it's actually the, the Lizzo Jack Black episode. And so it's essentially like expat paradise. And you've got all of these just like one percent or expats living in a society where nobody picks up a shovel. And you're like, how does this Stepford town exist? And it actually turns out that they took all the robots that were going to be decommissioned from the Empire and they gave them a second life just like waiting Wait, on this is the mandalorian yeah this is the mandalorian i thought you were talking about wally for a no second. i know i know okay. it kind of sounds like, like wally wally it does but the mandalorian. so then you've got like all of these like old droids that have been repurposed into being like butlers and stuff and at first you're like oh my god these guys are slaves and then they're like no no you don't understand like we live for centuries like humans humans live for minutes compared to us like a job and a purpose is actually a pretty good thing man and if you turned me off like there's a part of me that would die so like they like they find them in this like droid bar just like <clears throat> getting up on droid oil you know very futurama esque you know <laughs> it is turning more futurama esque yes to a degree i always thought the future would be more like robocop esque we already future. are in robocop future i mean how many cops kill innocent people <laughs> oh, <laughs> i mean <right> there. <laughs> how many robocops kill innocent people that's the thing if there's drones and self-driving police cars Okay, well, know. you know what? I, I will I will see that point, and I will raise you this. Although we do not have, like, 
physical cyborg men, we have sent them off to war and broken their insides and then reprogrammed their PS. PTSD to go uh, out on the streets. So I mean, is that hey. is that almost the same thing without the armor? <laughs> Check, checkmate. Which I did see that the veterans center, veterans in the city of Hawaii is hiring. So yes, shout out to vets. My dad's a vet. Shout out to yeah, all the vets out there. You yeah. know, I I spent a lot of time working in veteran homelessness. I like, and I found that it's like it's like a. $2.7 billion problem. And that was like the last time I checked like six years ago. I'm sure it's like a $4 billion problem now, but like the VA does not get enough attention. I like, it's not even on the list. And we got to talk about the VA. Uh, like there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes unintended for our vets and for everything that they've yeah. done for us, you know? And so like, I think it's a great point to bring that up. Like, Hey, if working for the County doesn't appeal to you go work for the VA, because you know what? There's tons of jobs. The VA should be making right now. Uh, they really, really like they could even afford like web programmers right now. Cause like if you go to the women's section of the VA yeah, last time I checked, it just leads to a 404 error. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Okay. I'm not kidding. Okay, that's good. For like, that's like, no, I, 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 have you, have you ever seen what like the national VA office looks like? No. It's like a whole bunch of windows, three, one, one computers and just stacks of boxes labeled to eternity. Oh like gosh. it's, it, it's the claim room from hell. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. No, it's our, our veterans are highly unattended. There's not enough. I mean, that, why do you think that John Stewart has to go on a tirade about burn pits? Mm -hmm. Because there's nobody actually in the VA that's going to talk about burn pits. Man, yeah. I feel for vets. Like they're just, wow. That's like a whole nother subject. It is. It is. And it kind of just snuck its way in there. But I mean, I think that we might have to dedicate a real episode in talking about the VA you know, see the benefits of what our VA is actually doing versus like the shortcomings of the national VA. I think it's especially for the community that's out here. Yeah, that, I mean, for Mental Health Month, that's one of the number one things that happen is these veterans get underlooked and their families, and that's a lot of domestic abuse and violence, but it's part of a bigger system we forgot to address. Yes, it is a, it is a much bigger system. And it's, and it's very interesting at like how many levels that like just post-traumatic stress you know, can change a person's life, not for the better, um, you know, and, and how it can happen in multiple ways. Cause we're not just talking about like guys who have to like kill or be killed. I mean, there's also guys that just like crash in a chopper or like watch all their friends go. Mm -hmm. or, I mean, there's so many levels and there's no one size fits all answer. No. You know, it's a very one-on-one -on -one personal experience. And so I, I, that definitely, between that and, and, you know, the veteran homeless problem in itself, which I feel is related. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of cases where I feel that, like, it's, you don't really find veteran homelessness without, like, PTS or a traumatic brain injury or incident or something that, like, put them in the headspace to where, like, nope, can't do people, can't live in a house, gotta live in a car, let's go, bye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, like... I was just thinking my dad just out of plantations, his generation all wanted to leave the plantations and they went from one indoctrination to another indoctrination and came back and they didn't really um, fit back in because they knew and what they saw didn't match or wasn't coherent with what they were feeling being from Hawaii, but also seeing the kind of damage that happens outside of Hawaii through military and now being torn between the two and that's what caused a lot of depression and anxiety for him. Preach, bro. Like, no, that's, I mean, that's a really good point. It's, uh, you know, I, I think about that when I look back on my grandparents and the choice they had, because it really was like, do you want to stay on the farm or do you want to like, look at this equitable opportunity. Never mind your headspace at the end of it. Like colonization is now in your brain. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. Well, talking about AI, now AI can do the dirty work. Of yes. The drones, of the, the dog police, of robots, and I don't know, where does the psychology or the ethics go with the people running behind the programs or computer or the Iron Man type situation of creating weapons, but being so distant and so disconnected from that, like who's accountable? And I think accountability is the number one thing that we're missing in politics here in Hawaii. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point. Wow. And, and wow, how you managed to wrap that back around to AI and then the accountability in there. Because I feel that, like, you know, growing up as a, as a kid reading science fiction, I always, I always thought we would end up with, like, Asimov's laws of robot, robotics. You know, so it's like a robot can do no harm. A robot cannot repair itself, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, just a few weeks ago, we have a chat robot that manages to convince someone on like a task rabbit app that they're blind and they need to do a captcha code for them and they got through so like i mean that's the thing is like how do you program ethics mm -hmm. into ai I, while, while it's maintaining all these things once because, i saw the robot win a chess game like five years ago i was like something's fishy with this robot stuff <laughs> so like i mean but like how fishy like, do you, do you think that, like, our undoing will come from the fact that we just didn't put enough time and love into programming it? Or there's, like, a ghost in the machine that's going to betray us? You know, well, that's a really deep question. For me, it depends on what your, like, foundational belief is. I think the universe always is com coming out and functioning out of love. So no matter what is going on, the end result is for love to win. And maybe this AI thing is ushering us into a spot to really look at what it means to be human. That's a question I ask myself every day, ask my students, ask the people around me, what does it really mean to be human? If we want to engage and collaborate with the Earth, it's Earth Week, first we got to know who we are, the differentiation to be able to participate. I like that you brought up Earth Week. We're going we're gonna to pivot to that for a moment because that's actually on the list today. So, I mean... First of all, from my from my perspective, you know, I spent a lot of time on the continent as a kid and Earth Week, Earth Week in the 80s was pretty legit. And then I felt like once we like made acid rain go back a step, we were like, oh, OK, well, we should keep up with this. But then like somewhere towards the end of the 90s, like all the cool reasons to recycle disappeared, you mm -hmm. know, because I grew up with like, you know, give a hoot, don't pollute or just like. McGruff. Yeah, the crime dog, but that, uh, you know, not not climate related, but good point. Uh, but then like Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, you know, Recycle Rex. You remember Recycle Rex with the song? And he's mm -hmm. like, recycle, reduce, reuse, close the loop. Yeah, that's right. I still remember those lyrics. <laughs> they played it again and again and again. I didn't even know my name for a week, but I remember that song. <laughs> but no, but I mean, they really, they really programmed it into us and it showed. I mean, that's the craziest part is it showed. And then there's somewhere in the early 20 teens that we just really just went, ah, that's fine. We did enough. We could take a break, guys. We could take a break. And then we took the break from doing all that, a lot of things got defunded. There was a lot of, again, going back to government departments that are left unattended. I mean, like mm -hmm. the EPA has like just their, their oil rig division alone. It's like one to a hundred on caseload and wow. they barely get to their, their, their places that they have to survey and audit maybe once every three years. 
So, like, I mean, oil rigs are intended for, like, three to six years at a time before somebody gets to it. And then if somebody gets fired, they have to start it all over again. And so then they're not, they're not going to find, you know, yeah. are they ever going to get to it? And with oil rigs, too, you're going to have to have, I wonder who does the inspections. Like, inspections would be a huge part of maintenance and upkeep and to have that kind of certification. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you get started with that type of job? Well, I mean, that's predominantly the, the EPA. But then it's like, is this a, a case for, like, should third-party organizations exist? Or mm-hmm. why isn't our tax dollars going into bolstering that department? You know, I, I would love to find the number one day of just like how many government jobs should exist in order for like things to just run smoothly. Yes, months. exactly. Like what you talked about Earth Day, it's with the oil rigs and the sea, but also there's this um, thing coming up with, in the county of the authority on water. Yes. We need representation to be an authority of water and someone from the community that knows water and knows this place. So starting with water on the conversation of Earth Week, you know, I, I see I see like, you know, the, the efforts being made in, in the progressives to, to try to push for the water authority. I, I see, you know, past administrations in the county that just kind of like toss around back and forth. And then, of course, you have like all of these people who pretty much privately own the water because like a lot of it's just privately privately owned all those valves yeah just valves exactly they own the valve not the water exactly so so like what what do you think is is like a first approach item for for rallying behind water i mean that's the the aloha aina mantra like return water and return land and as an earth sign myself interested in hearing your zodiac sign but the earth energy really is about healing the land and healing people so when it comes to water and returning water yes the logistics is wild we have old infrastructure pumping even existing lo'i kalo that depend on these um diversions but also we need people to look at it from a holistic perspective and the holistic perspective came from the ahupua'a system so back to the cultural revitalization this is The number one thing that needs to happen, people need to understand this holistic approach in governance, but it starts with land. And it's in the state motto, the life of the land is perpetuated in what is necessary or righteous or right standing. And what's necessary is life. Water is life. So when I think about water, it's not only like... It's like the, the, the veins in our body. Like it's the same representation to me. And also water is life because within a teaspoon of water are more microbes than living people on earth. So you're getting all these microbial health from the mountain to the sea and people are destroying it. Fluoride, pesticide, chemicals from the top of the mountain to the sea, destroying flora and fauna that really should be um, there because it's showing us how to take care of the aina. These insects, these birds, these life forces are showing us how to be in partnership and unison, how to have environmental politics. But we've kind of detached from that. And I think when we look at water, we can understand there's more continuity, there's more um, community that needs to happen as a human species. So shout out, Thomas Perry does great writings on this. He's one of my role models in anthropology and ecology. And he termed the coin ecozoic area. Ecozoic era. And that means when humanity comes and inherits all of the history, all of the traditions, stops fighting with each other, they can finally participate back within the universe and they can have an intimate 
relationship. They can commune with one another, and that could increase our human species. So we can turn like you, so we can be indoors and somehow still catch our vibrancy, <laughs> vital light. I dig that. Like, I, so <clears throat> I, you know, it, it, for me, because I'm, I'm, I'm so detached from that part of the conversation, it's, it's literally only been pieced together in information that comes into this booth or over the air to me from amazing people like you in the room. So, I mean, so if, if we're going to get into a, a better place about water, I mean, one, for, so from what I've heard is like, Maui, even though for as contained and controlled as our water is, we happen to have like a more cleaner supply than most of the other islands, which kind of surprises me considering things going on right now. But, um, you know, in, in relation to like wa water on Oahu, you know, I mean, I feel that that's an even bigger conversation going back to, you know, your point on contamination and, and what's happening to water you know, Red just Hill. all around us. Yeah, Red Hill. Exactly. Like, so... Um, you know, there's there's many there's many avenues to start from. But what do you personally, outside of you know working towards this ecozoic stewardship, like what where do you feel is is a great place to start? Oh, I love that question. Really, we talked about the whole idea of plantation politics and transition to a paradigm shift. Yes. And when I say plantation politics, I mean the time period where military military plantations and hospitality industry was a stronghold in Hawaii. And it was um, creating the infrastructure and creating the, the mindset and framework for us local people to enter in and to be a part of um, the, the, the colonization process of Hawaii. So I say that um, to me, part of learning that story, part of the education piece is being able to look at history, but not have like a negative or positive charge to it, but to understand all of these things happen for you to be here right now and where you're at so that you can make a difference. And part of the trauma, like we talked about, keeps people unconscious of the things that are going on. Sometimes people just want to do their job and veg out. But what's important for this time period, I think, is for people to be educated on all of these issues. Pick one issue. Every three months, I just change issue and I just dive deep and I learn about it. So I think that's one place to start. That's a really good idea. You know, I, I think, you know, instead of just saying, hey, everybody rally behind this, you know, because sometimes people don't understand our own personal choices in our fight, you know, and, and sometimes it is a little better to just unlock minds on like, just find something that might appeal to you in the fight. Yeah. You know, like, <clears throat> I mean, one of the things that I've been learning is no one's an expert on your life. Yeah. Expert comes from the word experience. Your yeah. experience has led you up to this moment so you can make a difference in the era you know. Right on, right on. So uh, pivoting on Earth Week, I think that this like fits in really well with like how it, it comes in accordance with Mary Monarch uh, out here in Hawaii. Uh, you had some great points that you wanted to bring up today. And so long as you know, we have our continued time, thankfully. So um, so you, you'd mentioned to me in a, in a previous conversation off air about cultural revival. Like, you know, we are we really are sitting like it's it's like Y76 all, all over again. Like this is like the next era, I feel, of the Hawaiian Renaissance. And like this really is a revival time. This is this is a time to, to reflect and look back at, at what we are and what we're going to be. And, you know, a Mary Monarch is is a great just 
standout moment for our culture as the world looks to us. Because, you know, as a kid, I'd see it and be like, oh, okay, we got to go watch the whole thing with my tutu and then my empties day. Okay, cool. And then I grow up and I'm like, it's beautiful. And then, like, you get older and you realize, like, wow, actually, there's a lot of people who actually, like, look to this beyond just, like, what it is in dance and what it, what it stands for as, like, the real, like, la- it, it was for the longest time. It really does stand as, like, the guard at the gate. You know, yeah. for maintaining yeah. uh, Hawaiian culture. Wow, yeah, the guard at the gate. Uh, David Kalakaua says, hula is the language of the heart, therefore the heartbeat of the people. And there needs to be guardians in culture. But the thing with the whole cultural revitalization that I'm really noticing is it's not coming from this place of fear. Because when I was, like, <laughs> growing up, I was like, this is kind of boring. I didn't understand what was going yeah. on. I had this kind of disconnection from it but like this past weekend the 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 Merrimark just lit me up just the type of chanting the oli the 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 decorations the things that they were wearing was just next level and i and that's part of it the whole merry monarch thing to me is tied in with healing land and healing people hula is the embodiment of the different mythology the mythological stories the embodiment of Aina, the elements, and it's coming into your face. It's like channeling the mystery and bringing it into your senses. And that's where the magic happens. This mystery, these hula dancers, these chanters are almost modern day prophets for Hawaii. They're telling the story that the ancestors told that was relevant then and it's also relevant now because that story is your story. It's our personal story that we can unfold. And as we unfold these stories, these mythologies, whatever you call them, that's where the power is at, the mana. When we think about manava, like the time, what time is it? Time is the power of now, mana. It has that word in there. And to me, Hula Halal, the Merry Monarch, was full of mana because they were bringing the mana back into the Va, this time period, this epoch. And the eternal now was more present, this Merry Monarch, for some reason, to me, than it has ever been. And also, I just want to shout out to the whole language thing, how languages embody in the environment, and we talked about this last time, but when you start analyzing the words, when you start meditating, when you start praying on these words, they're living words. Ola ika olelo Hawaii. The olelo Hawaii is alive. It's not just a literal statement, but I've been feeling that in my bones, and I don't know. It's, whew, gives me chills. Right on. No, I mean, I, I, I wholly agree with that. Uh, so beyond beyond Mary Monarch and 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 beyond Earth Week, you know there there's a lot there's a lot still going on in in the rest like just beyond just beyond those small simple things mm-hmm. you know and and although we did tell everybody you know find that one small thing we have so many things to talk about today and uh, you know I I really wanted to get into this while we still had time left is you know. Something just important, just as important in protecting our culture and in protecting our planet. And I know we just finished election season, but election season's back on us again. It's always on us. And um, there, there's a lot of chatter going on right now about public and private campaign funding. And, you know, as as a little guy running, like, I want to get your point of view on this. But for those of you who don't know at home... They're, they're, this conversation is really trying to like 
essentially establish like proper caps on campaign spending spending while also maintaining the ability that anybody can run and they have access to at least the necessary amount of funding. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a SB one five four three and SB one five four three to me is just um is it public funds? It's um sorry, I'm I just blanked out on that. That's okay. It's big money or do you want representation? So follow the money is the saying. Who do you want representing you? Do you want big corporations representing you in the politics? Or do you want people who actually live here? So this bill is gonna help put the funds back into the people so that they can represent their places in this specific area. So it makes campaigning, it makes being a part of this political process available for everyone. Because now you don't have to be competing against big corporations. What you can do is rally in your neighborhood, say vote for me and be backed by your people. We mm -hmm. pay taxes here. These taxes should stay within in-house. They shouldn't be um, overrun by foreign corporations, private corporations, so on and so forth. So this bill is really important. There's a deadline. It's not being heard, and it should be heard. Just like HB 955 with the midwifery bill, this bill is just as important because it puts sovereignty back. It puts agency responsibility back to people of Hawaii. So it's a time of not being unconscious. We've got to wake up. Eala, eala. Ela, ela, trying to remember that. It's time to wake up and be able to, um, kuleana means to grasp, to take a hold of. Kuli yeah. is that grasping. Kuli is also energy, to grasp our energy, our mana, back into this time period so that we can make Hawaii the way we see it. The, the locals here have been, yeah, there's this time where locals can step into their authority and their power. No, you're right. There, there really needs to be a, a place for them to assert that. I, I think this bill is a great opportunity. I, I feel that the only short-sightedness on, on any of this, and, and I don't know which side is missing it, but like I feel like a lot of these bills have to get up with the times of actual cost because it's like there's there like a lot of like campaign spending maximums are still kind of low. And so that I, I think that that's how I, like corporations tend to sneak in there too, is that like, oh, well we can spend on the outside. So if you can get people to spend on the outside, then you're still technically not spending a lot of money because you're using PACs to your mm -hmm. advantage. And it was right. very weird to see how far PACs got into smaller local politics over the past decade out here. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Hawaii is like the melting pot and more and more foreign corporations, private groups are entering into Hawaii and want a piece of Hawaii. And I, I remember this from Gary Vee. If you want to build the biggest building, you can either tear it down or just build the biggest building. As Lahui, Hawaii, we have the biggest quote-unquote building. It's the, the heart. It's Hawaii. It's, it's our home. Hawaii is our aina. So we are not having to com compete, but what we need is people who are from here to represent people from here. And that's the whole issue is there's a co-op of um, different mindsets that has entered into our legislation that don't see the bigger picture, that people like me are suffering because of decisions that they are making, because of staying stuck in a mentality that was meant for the 1990s, but this is 2023. And also the emerging generation, we talked about AI, that's happening. We couldn't even um, find laws about Bitcoin and how to do trade with informed countries, but we're... But the main point here is we need to get new generation of politics back into these seats of power because they can see ahead because they are the future. The older generation, and it's not an age thing, it's a mentality thing. 
those who live in the mentality of 1990 time period or any period in the past, they're thinking how they can, um, how they can uh, sustain this place, how they can somewhat like keep it alive. But that doesn't work. It's bursting forth. There's a bursting of new life that happens, just like birthing. You don't try to organize and orchestrate your birth. You flow with it. You trust the innate intelligence that's guiding the body. You trust the innate intelligence that's guiding Hawaii. You trust the innate intelligence that's guiding the universe, and you flow with it. Heart open, that's what hula is all about. Hula is a language of the heart. And that's why getting back into cultural vitalization is important, especially in our politics, because it always starts from top bottom. Tarl starts from our legislators who are making these laws and policies. Also, we've got to hold our executive branch accountable, that our governor should be looking at these bills and using his influence to be able to just not be neutral. Neutral mm. is not a stance. If you're neutral, you're sliding backwards in my head. Interesting. So, you know, I, 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 you, you started bringing up a great point about, you know, making sure that the candidates are from out here, you know, considering the fact that 90% of the population is, is all just localized transplants, you know, I think that that's, that's one of the things that we face the most in, you know, the, the political shift in identity and the cultural identity of Hawaii is we're, we're more and more reliant on visitors and their viewpoint before they came. Now, so, some people who move here kind of like realize that the drum beats a little differently and then they switch to the rhythm. But more and more I noticed as, as there are, you know, <clears throat> new, new residents claiming uh, their, you know, their place in the community that, you know, they don't... <sighs> I'm trying not to sound xenophobic. Know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's the hardest part is like Here. you like we want to be open and we want we want to let everybody in. But I, I think it's it's less they like I don't want you here. It's more they like if you're going to be here, then are you going to recognize what this place needs? Yeah. You know, it's not the same one size fits all solution that you may have known back in New Hampshire or California or Texas or Utah, you know, and I think that. You know, that that's where the the national mindset of America tends to override, you know, just the the the, the culture of a community mm -hmm. and how that influences their local politics. Yeah. I mean, what you said was huge. Well, starting Hawaii is the melting pot of the East, West and Oceanic people. Mm -hmm. So instead of and it's important to do the differentiation. I'm Western. I'm Eastern. I'm Oceanic. But then when you differentiate, you can find the ways where we can converge. We can put the puzzle pieces together. One of the things that stops local people here in Hawaii is the whole national thing. Am I an American national or are, am I a Hawaii national? Before the occupation of Hawaii, you're a Hawaii national if you're born here. Now there's a difference between nationality, ethnicity, and culture. So you can be ethnically Hawaiian, but not know your culture. Or you can be ethnically Filipino, but know a lot of Hawaiian culture. Yeah. Or you could be both. So it's kind of not taking, letting yourself be afraid of diving into culture with fear of compromising your ethnicity. Now, this is the long story short. We live in Hawaii. So, o Hawaii ku'u home kilohana. Hawaii's the best. This is, if this is your home, if you live here, not just sleep here, and there's a difference between living here and just sleeping here. If you live here, you are Hawaiian. And I don't mean to appropriate that. You're Hawaiian in the sense the breath of life is living in you. The vi, the three billion plus microbes in that teaspoon of ocean lives in your body. It's dwelling in you. 
It's living in you. It's changing the way you are hungry or ono for something. It's changing your mindset, especially if you dive into Olelo Hawaii language. It's changing the way you breathe because Hawaii is a language of breath. So literally, these things are living inside of us, and to deny that is almost this disconnection from reality of what's happening in the quantum level. This quantum entanglement hotspot we call Hawaii is where the energy is connecting, and we can continue to... Um, feel insecure about that, but I really challenge everybody. Yes, for me personally, I was my dad was in the military. I'm American national. Ethnically, um, generations go back into the Philippines. Culturally, I can speak Olelo Hawaii, and I love my Hawaii culture here. But most of all, my identity doesn't come from politics. It comes from knowing my human design. It comes from knowing my authentic self. So that back full circle. This isn't, your identity isn't a political issue. It's not a geographical issue. It's not a philosophical issue. It really comes down to the spiritual, quantum, dynamic self of you. You experiencing this universe, being the expert, being the experience of your own self. So that's part of the kuleana, taking back that mindset and power and be able to use it for your narrative, your story, and your contribution. Right on, brother. No, I, I mean, you, you, you got it. And, and I don't think that there's anything else that I could add to that to make it any better. So for these last few minutes that we have, uh, I've got uh, I'm going to throw away some other subjects because I think that this one, you know, I, we got over ambitious on things to add. But um, I, I want to bring this up because it's a huge discussion out here. I've actually uh, I've been approached by by the office of, of council member Gabe Johnson. It's actually made an impact on uh, a story that I'm telling in, in my television show, Moku Moku, which is going back to filming. But um, I, I'd like to bring this up because I'd like to get into a deeper conversation with you and with future guests. So recently, uh, Minnesota is the latest state to settle with e-cigarette vape maker Juul. Uh, Minnesota announced the settlement Monday in its lawsuit against Juul Labs and tobacco giant Altria. So this is like one of thousands of cases that have reached trial. And so attorneys for the state argued at the trial start that Juul unlawfully targeted young people with vaping products to get a new generation addicted to nicotine. And Juul, of course, turned around and said, well, guys, we were actually just trying to get like adults off of cigarettes. Now, I got to say that it's probably a little column A and column B and they just don't want to admit to column A. Uh, as someone participating in column B, because I'm terrible, but I'm quitting. I swear, guys, and I'm going to ask that you try to quit with me soon. So, like, uh, have you ever smoked or, or vaped? No. See, look, you're a good boy. You, I, I get a skin rash. Oh, see, look at that. No, see, like, I, I was I was a chain-smoking monkey through my youth. They, they got me addicted early. I was behind the back of a high school theater smoking Lucky Strikes, like, every day after four when school ended before you go in, you know. And then vape came around, and it was funny because, like, when it started, it tasted like crap. And then they turned around, and they created all these crazy flavors. And we, as adults, immediately went, obviously that's not made for me that's made for like all those kids who want to smoke hookah but have never thought about nicotine so like i i agree that it is kind of an like it's kind of a trap to attract kids but in, even so though like i do technically agree with their whole like well didn't we get like a whole generation of millennials off of off of cigarettes well yeah i mean i don't smell like an ashtray anymore but like i've got popcorn lungs. yeah good on the pr person that was a good twist 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, but I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to advocate for vaping. I'm what I'm trying to say is, is like, we all need to get off the smack. Okay. This is like, this is the first one. I think if we get off this, then like we can get off all the other ones, you know, uh, to each their own. Uh, when it comes to the temperance of alcohol, we'll discuss that in a whole nother episode, but like vaping, like, do you think that like, it really comes off more towards kids than as directed towards the adults that it should be? I mean, I saw um, a vape flavor fruit punch. Yeah, exactly. Like exactly. cotton candy. Yeah, no, they're always they're always birthday cake. I mean, like I don't even celebrate my. I stopped celebrating my birthday when I was twenty five. <laughs> think kids celebrate their birthday. <laughs> but no, no, you're right. Like it, the the flavors, the flavors really do appeal to a mindset. Because like, I mean, I came from a generation of just like tobacco is tobacco. I mean, yeah, there's a slightly different flavor, but like it's a generation not only for younger generations, but also they're starting to cater to the AI because they look like zip file things now. <laughs> <laughs> so that way the robots can smoke too. Yeah, they're trying to get both audiences. Maybe th that's uh, see. There we go. That's another reason to get fired at McRobots. Is <laughs> is vaping on the job? <laughs> but so I mean, like outside of like, well, one. How do you think like we make it uncool to kids? Because I mean, I really at this point my my shame level is high enough to where like. I hide it like cigarettes again. There was that like first part when like vaping started. It's like, yeah, everybody's vaping, so I'm just gonna do it. And nobody cares. But then like now it's it's just like when they started getting rid of smoking in restaurants. So now you're just like, okay, I gotta hide around the corner. Yeah. I may smell like cotton candy, but everybody's gonna judge me. Well, so easy. If you're a guy, it's gonna shrink your dick. There you go, kids. When it's time to, you know, <laughs> to, to do the performance thing. This is what I've heard from multiple people. They can't get it up. But anyways, long story short, everyone has their journey, and the whole vaping thing, man, like, I, everyone has bad habits. I think what we said is, like, talking against something or trying to move away against something isn't the strat. The strat is really, what are we making kids wanting to move towards? How are we making this place an amazing place so that kids don't have to distract themselves and they don't have to feel cool about doing something that's not, you know, whatever. Yeah, what we're, what replaces Yeah, what the are we need? replacing the like, need? Like how do we get rid of the crushing American ennui so they don't feel like they need the nicotine monkey to We have survive? surfing. We have all the outdoor sports. I don't I don't I don't get that. I skateboarded cuz that's why I didn't smoke too because when I I felt like I tried it a few times and I started skating and it just didn't work with my insides. I know way too many skaters that <laughs> that, that still like smoke like a chimney. I don't so like maybe maybe that's where it starts though. Maybe it starts in those places where we could just like convince like the Kapuna and the uncles and the aunties of the community be like, we should just you know as as maybe it's so weird. It's like it's not even like you don't think it's harsh or bad. It's just kind of like. Huh. Yeah, no, it's, well, it, I mean, not to, like, play devil's advocate, like, I'm not going to get into, like, I mean, we have the freedom of speech here on air, and there's nothing against FCC rules about talking about it, it's not like I'm pimping it to anybody, because I'm telling you, do not vape, kids, bad idea, you know, uh, especially because, like, you know, what he said earlier about, you, you know, your other parts, and then, like, what I said earlier about, like, popcorn lung, but, like, and then, like, the cost in your pocket, uh, I mean, you could be spending that on better things, but mm -hmm. like, so how do we as, you know, like, 
is it just enough to get like a group of friends and go on TV and be like, don't vape kids. Like, do we need some like captain planet, captain need, vape? Yeah. We Can't need like some captain planet level. Like where is captain planet when you need, maybe he would be here for the vape conversation because I mean, all those batteries and plastics going into making those, maybe that's how that's we it. get the kids. All the kids are totally into the green movement. What if we just use classic, like Hawaiian Catholic guilt? Yeah. To just tell kids like, like what about the Ina? Or for every vape you smoke, a person from a foreign country starves more. Really? I don't know. <laughs> let's let's find that statistic. I want that to be true. That's okay, like, we're gonna we're gonna research into that. We're we gonna need to research this. I'm gonna find like some some statistics that are gonna make you feel bad about picking up a vape. I found enough statistics that make me feel bad about picking up cups of coffee even. So like But the thing with vape, <laughs> it's just so cute. I just can't I can't like I can't be mad at it. Yeah, it. it just it's, looks it's, so it's, like Unassuming. Yes, because they it's all chrome and like shiny, just shiny, and it and comes like, in oh, weird bubblegum flavors. Out in the corner, like, yeah, he could have been doing some crazy other drug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then that's when you think like, is it worse than other things? But uh -huh. then like for the long term impacts, you know, like we were lucky to find out like, hey, you quit smoking long enough, like your your lungs just might actually like thank you and get better. So then it's like, what what what? How much time do we have left to quit? Vaping, I wonder what the, like the 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 medical records for people who started vaping like what are the vaping side effects maybe as of right now maybe that now know. that i actually have health care i should go check that out yeah that'd you be know? interesting to to know because so, for a long time like masturbating they'd say like something bad would happen if you do it too much yeah but i think that that was all like like you know prudish like a religion driven <laughs> stuff you know, like there's some biblical passages about don't waste it there, but yeah, don't waste I mean, it. but I mean, maybe if there is a uh, Bible passage there too, we could use that angle. Thou shalt not vape. vape. Yeah, no, that's that's our eleventh commandment. Thou shalt not vape. We could, yeah, <laughs> we we could. Well, we'll have to ask uh, the council. Uh, you know. The, uh, the 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 Pope and maybe see the Nicene Council will just like present. We're gonna have that. a anti vaping campaign, but vape if you want to. But but vape if you want. How's that like? Just don't vape around the kids. Well, Sam, thank you for coming on the show today uh, and visiting again. I like you visiting regularly. That's totally cool. Anytime the calendar's open, take it. Uh, yeah, it'd be great to get you in here once a week as you're available. And you're just right down the road. Yeah, I mean, like rabbit holes. Like I think of Alice in Wonderland. You follow the rabbit into a mystical unicorn universe and you gain something that you never got before. And I feel like coming here is always that for me with you. Right. You are the uh, mystical unicorn. <laughs> or the cat. You're the cat that smiles. The, ch the Cheshire cat. You're the Cheshire cat. Yes. I knew it. I knew I saw way. you in my dreams. Or we could go that way. But you're what the I cat. prefer is the shortcut. And this is the shortcut right to the Thank you, Sam Peralta, for coming on today. Hope to see you next time. Mahalo, everyone, for listening at home and checking us out exclusively on the Maui Stream VOD right here with you. KAKU 88.5M, the voice of Maui, the radio revolution here on Rabbit Holes.